Hello and welcome to episode 92 of Behind the Journey. On this show, I rant about politicians. Hello and welcome to another episode. And today, I've got a few topics I want to discuss in detail, but the first thing I want to mention is the Bitcoin and cryptocurrency crash. Last week, I obviously announced that I thought Bitcoin was going to go to 100K um, by the end of next year. And we have seen around about a 10 to 15% correction right now. The crypto market is absolutely on its arse. Um, and I'm currently looking at Coinbase Pro, which is my preferred method of tracking the price of different cryptocurrency. Uh, and at the moment, 43,000 Bitcoins have been traded in the last 24 hours on the platform. Normally looking at you know, 15, 20,000. Um, so it's been a huge, huge day of trading. People trying to get out, trying to get in, people trying to tease the bottom. Um, and it's been a, a catastrophic day for cryptocurrency across the board. Some coins that have been seeing massive growth, such as XRP, uh, Bitcoin, etc., have just been on their absolute arse since this morning. The the kind of fallout um, really happened um, quite early on um, in the morning, around about one o'clock, and it's just been in free fall pretty much for the rest of the day. Um, and it's on his ass. No idea when the bottom are. I, I'm looking at reports saying there was two strong points, 17K and 14K. Uh, we're currently sitting at 16 and a half K, which means a 14K hopefully is the bottom of this. Um, but it's in free fall. Now you've got two options. And, and always, this is, this is how I say in business. And this is one of the things I want to really get across to you guys right now. You know, in business, you always have two options, right? You have two options all the time. And the number one thing you should all be doing is removing uh, emotions from any decision you're likely to make. Because if you if you make your decisions based on emotions, then unfortunately you'll be dictated based on how you're currently feeling at that time. Um, and that's never a good way of making any life decision or any business decision, to be frank with you. Um, so try and remove all the emotion from the decision and look back at what you actually believe is going to happen with a logical and realistic frame mind. I believe that Bitcoin is going to hit six figures. And because of that, this doesn't worry me one bit. Like, it doesn't really change anything. It maybe changes the time frame. But if we go really right back to the real metrics that happened within the cryptocurrency world in 2014, 2015 time, before the main bull run, we went down 30% of the cryptocurrency anyway within Bitcoin. So this doesn't really worry me slightly. Um, it doesn't really get me too concerned. Um, like I said, I'm in it for the long haul. I'll buy every single month regardless. Um, whether it's up, whether it's down, I'll keep buying. Um, and just hope that long term it all plans out. And that's how I've been with a lot of my business decisions. And that's how I've been with a lot of things in life, including this podcast, is that uh, if I consistently do something that I really believe in over a long period of time, um, if my statistics have been right and my gut feel has been correct, um, then every single um, micro thing that happens around it is kind of irrelevant if the macro is about to work. You know, if the actual belief, the idea systems, the thought process and everything is destined for success because of what you're putting into it and the time you're putting into it it doesn't really matter what happens in the short term it doesn't really matter what happens on the side of things because you're focusing on such a bigger picture and that is the same with everything in life it's the same with business investments it's the same with starting a new company it's the start with quitting your job the micros never really matter if the macro idea and the long-term process really just kind of stand in itself and you know that really gets me on to you know, personal decisions in itself and removing levels of emotion from it. And 
one of the things I've been doing a lot of recently and one of the things that I've been reading up a lot on is how you can make better decisions. And um, there's been a lot of studies based on decision making and how decisions happen and how we can, you know, as a as a collective focus on making these better decisions. And one of the studies I read was about holding decisions out in front of you and almost zooming out of your kind of existence, I suppose, and your being and, and focusing on yourself as if you were almost a character game in a, in a script. And when you zoom out, you, you, you lose all the level of emotion from your body. You, you, you lose all the level of sensitivity you have for who you are. And it allows you to make more strategic decisions, whether that be um, buying a company, um, focusing on gym routine. I, I don't know, whatever ambition aim you currently have in your life, if you zoom out and you look at the the long, um, long tail ambitions, growth, and the factors that aren't emotional and, and um, immediate, then it allows you to make better and more strategic decisions. And that's what I've been trying to do a lot more of recently, which is essentially sucking the emotion out of every decision you're making, thinking at it logically, um, because although you know you want to make emotion decisions and you want to feel great at the time, logical decisions are the things that will make a huge difference long term. They're the ones that are really you'll be thankful for in time. You know, the emotional decision when this cryptocurrency crash happened would have been to sell straight away. My, my money's going down. Sell, sell, sell. The logical decision would be to zoom out, zoom right out, remove all the emotion, and realize that this is irrelevant. What's happening right now is irrelevant. You better be on the train than off it. And I think you can take that level of thought process um, in many different ways too. And that's what I'm trying to do all the time with every single business decision I make is extrapolate that decision further forward and trying to, 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 to pick the right direction. And I think you can do many of that things in your own personal life too. Um, but I think it's one of the great lessons that you can do is try and remove levels of emotion and make decisions with a, with a level head. And I just want to touch on on this lockdown thing because um, I think it's a really important topic to bring up right now. Is it's currently um, it's currently twenty sixth of November, right? Um, Boris Johnson, the government, etc., have just said that you know, yep, lockdown will be ending on the second of December or whatever, um, but we're going to go into a new tiered system. And I've been very supportive of this government during this period of time. I think it's probably the most difficult period of time that any government in peacetime has ever had to manage and you know people are always gonna get things wrong in new scenarios we're all business owners we understand that things are difficult to manage and you don't know what's coming at you but the thing that i've really not liked about this government and what they've been doing during this period of time has been how unapologetic unapologetically bad they've been um and, and what i mean by that is that they promised that this lockdown would end on the 2nd of, of, of december it is ending but it's essentially continuing as we go into these new tiered systems because Lincolnshire and Lincoln is going into the third tier, as is most of the UK, which essentially is exactly the same as we are currently in anyway, which means that essentially all they're doing is extending the lockdown under a new name. And I'm never really a fan of this sort of stuff. I'd rather people be brutally honest with me and, and brutally honest with the public and, 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 and not treat us like idiots. And I think that the problem now is that the government have time and time again have said to us, don't worry, it be over this time. Don't worry, it be over this time. Don't worry, it be over this time. This is the last time. This is the last time. By March, it'll be over. And every single time they have been proven incorrect. And that is fine. It's okay to be wrong when you've got big decisions to make. It's okay to be wrong when the chips are stacked against you. 
but it's not okay to be wrong and not be open and honest about it. And I think the government should have essentially said the previous tiered system didn't work. Uh, it was a bad decision. The current lockdown hasn't had the big enough impact. We need to extend it. Then promise and lie and twist the truth. And I'm really, really actually disappointed in this because there are millions of small business owners out there right now that were banking on the 2nd of December being the, the, the aspect that would save their hospitality business or their events business or whatever else it was. And they were promised by the government to, that they would be saved and they haven't been saved. And there's no more funding and they're on their ass. And I, I genuinely feel incredibly sorry for the people that have worked their ass off uh, they've grafted for years. You know, we don't know people's scenarios, right? We don't know anything. I'll tell you this, though. I was walking home today from Lincoln, and there's a Chinese restaurant that has been opened since April. Now, this lease would have been done probably the end of last end of last year. And they, they've they've crafted this. It probably been a dream of their families. We don't know their situation. They could have all their family put money together. It could have been their life savings. They could be in huge amounts of debt. They've launched in April. Um, They've been in lockdown ever since, and it basically means that their whole year is gone. They've had no savings. They'll be shafted, and there is no support at all. Now, capitalist Pete says, unfortunately, that's the capitalist system. You've lost. Entrepreneur Pete sits there and says, I know you've put your heart and soul into this dream. Um, systems and scenarios are not supporting you. Uh, it's not your problem. It's, it's, it's not your fault. It's the government's fault. And it gets me thinking. I have been a fund I have a fundamental capitalist. I believe in uh, equal markets. I believe in opportunity and ambition for everyone. What I don't believe in is when things are taken out of your control and you lose, i.e. the government closed the economy so you can't operate and then your business fails. That for me is not capitalism. Um, that is possibly the worst level of economic, uh, equal economics in the world. You are forcing businesses out of business. You are giving them no support. Um, and there's going to be millions of businesses around the UK right now that should not be going bust, that are going bust. There's going to be families that are broken. There is going to be uh, livelihoods crushed. And there's going to be a whole generation of people coming through with a debt they didn't create. And for that, I'm absolutely embarrassed for this government. Um, and I'm deeply concerned of the next five years in this country. Borrowing has gone through the roof. Um, and I think this is going to be a bloodbath for many people. I am just thankful that none of my businesses have been really affected. I mean, we've had some like the recruitment that have been affected, but really affected. I'm glad that I, um, we're still doing well. But I am also very, very sad and very upset for the large proportion of entrepreneurs that are in this situation by no fault of their own. And I believe that, for here's an example, right? We cannot use our office right now. We're not allowed. We're in lockdown. However, I still have rent to pay, which is five grand a month. And I still have rates to pay. Why am I paying rates when I cannot use my office? Why am I paying the council business rates if I'm not allowed to use the office? Someone explain that to me. It's like someone give me that basic. You are not allowed to use your retail premises, but you have to pay business rates for having a retail premises. Delusional, stupid, ridiculous. And I think we are right at the cusp now. If this isn't cleared up by the early next year, we are right at the cusp of a complete and utter uh, outcry, complete and utter um, revolt. And I cannot see people rolling over quietly. And I'll tell you this, that if I had a business that was on its knees because of this government policy, in the name of health or otherwise, I 
would genuinely not be sitting here right now quietly. I'd be making the biggest racket possible. Uh, and I think that it's an absolute abomination for everyone. And one of the things that I've been looking at a lot is I, I listen to a lot of other entrepreneurs and the scenarios they're going through and the challenges they're in. Um, James Sinclair being a really good example. If you don't know who James Sinclair is, please please go on YouTube and tell me James Sinclair. He is having one of the worst times I've ever seen in my life. This guy is an entrepreneur, 15 years, probably experienced. He's got a good head on his shoulders, great business. He's in the entertainment space. He's, you know, he has farms and he has play play centers and nurseries. He's diversified and built a really nice portfolio. Unfortunately for him, in the same sector, i.e. Um, in-person events, and he's been completely shut down. He's been shut down by the government. Everyone knows why. He's then been kicked out of his um, buildings by his landlords because they don't want to take the risk on his business. And he's now been shut down on his diversified business, which is selling Christmas Christmas gifts. And I feel sorry for him. And this is, like I said, coming from an entrepreneur who believes in the fundamentals of capitalism, which is the strong win and the weak lose. But in this scenario, this is not a fair playing field. In this scenario, when you are forced to be shut down, you deserve more. You deserve more support. If you are shut down, you deserve to have everything paused. You deserve not to have to worry about your rent. You deserve not to have to worry about your rates. You deserve not to have to worry about your staff overheads. This shouldn't. This is not an entrepreneur problem. This is a government problem that are now forcing on entrepreneurs who can do nothing about it. For many weeks and many months, I've sat on this podcast and I've not made any statement of any political impact based on what I believe. I've been very quiet. I believe that it's been a very difficult decision for governments. But I think this latest thing that was announced from the 2nd of December is a joke. And I feel sorry for the millions of entrepreneurs that are going through a very difficult time. And I'm just thankful that I'm not going through it either because I would not be sat on this bed with this microphone doing this podcast right now. I'd be out. And look, I, I, the one thing I want to say, I've been doing a lot of research into how we react to situations and, and how, why you act in certain ways. And, and one of the things that I've been deeply looking at is anger and um, why some people are so much more angry than other people. And I don't get angry. I, like genuinely speaking, I'm not an angry person. I very rarely get angry. In fact, I actually can't remember a period of time in the last six to nine months where I've been angry. I've been disappointed. I've been uh, upset, but I've never been angry. I, I, I just think it's wasted energy. I think it's, there's, there's, there's more you can be putting your time into. And I've been reading into about you know, these different moods and, and what causes them. And I found the anger one quite interesting. And I want you to understand why. The, the statement read, the number one cause of the feeling of anger is down to a hurt ego. And I read it again, the number one reason for anger is a hurt ego. And I want you to all think about that really strongly because... We all have an ego. We all have a bigger one, a smaller one than others, but we all deep down have an ego. We all have something that we are protecting, an ego we are protecting. And it's in our um, best interest to understand how we operate as an individual and understand how we can um, protect ourselves in every single way. Um, and because of that, you'll find ways in which you can um, protect your ego, 
and protect your feelings and also protect your emotions. Um, but some people have a really um, difficult way, an insecure uh, paradigm, I suppose, to uh, effects. And what I'm essentially think, saying to you right now is if you ever feel any thought of anger coming over yourself, I want you to really think about why you're feeling that anger. And deep down, based on this study, it will be because you have a bruised ego in some form. Now, that could be because someone has told you you're crap at what you do and your ego has been damaged by that insult. It could be that someone mistreated you and they've gone against you and that's bruised your ego in some way. But the feeling of anger is always going down to the basis that you feel that your ego has been bruised in some way or another. And if you can understand that and you can break that down and you can figure out that it is a bruised ego that's making you feel that way, then it's very, very fast and very easy for you to overcome that feeling and move on with your life. And I think this is really important for many things that we think about in the grand scheme of things is that there's always a reason you're feeling in a certain way. There's always a reason that you're reacting the way you're reacting. And we can either make those, take those emotions and make them absorb ourselves and try and move on with our lives. Or we can actually understand and figure out why we're feeling in a certain way. And once we've done that, we can, we can solve it and we can move forward. We can make sure it can never, ever happen again. You see, when I was really young and I had no confidence and I was really insecure, I would feel upset a lot of the time from the most pathetic things that kids would say to me. And they were never some bullying. I don't believe that I was being bullied at all. But I had a, such a fragile ego and such a uh, insecure outlook on the world that the smallest thing would send me to be a nervous wreck. And when I realized that that was what was happening to me and that's the reason I was insecure and couldn't speak in front of two people and um, didn't want to be the center of a conversation, when I realized that and I unpicked it and I realized it was because I cared too much about what people thought of me and I, I moved on my life understanding that and repairing that, I've never really felt the same way. I've never really been as insecure. Um, I want to tell you a story, actually. I want to tell you a little story that is interesting. I did a talk to a group of school kids on Zoom like two days ago. And without boring you too much, essentially what happened, there was a lady that was looking for some entrepreneurs to, or business owners to speak to their business class about you know, how they started out, how they're finding it and stuff. And someone put me forward and I thought, you know what, I'll jump on for half an hour and I'll and I'll try and support some kids that want to start out in business. And um, it was a cool little talk. I just, you know, normally there's a 52-year-old man trying to educate 17-year-old kids and that never vibes right. So I think I thought it was quite like a, I thought it was quite good for them that I was quite young and I could probably understand their wavelength and had more of a connection with them and where they wanted to be. And I said to a lot of the kids, I was like, when I was younger, like I was really insecure, couldn't really talk in front of people. I could never have done this. Um, and I was basically saying like, you know, I really believe that the the, the shy ones in that class right now, or the people that, you know, uh, are nervous and head down, I really believe that if you can figure out, you know, how you feel um, from a insecure perspective and um, why you may feel more anxious than you believe other people feel, then I really believe you're going to unlock one of the greatest superpowers you'll ever have in your life because the people that have had to put up with shit and the people that have had to get through a very difficult time or put up with people they really don't want to put up with, they are molding themselves into an incredible individual and the only thing left to unlock to make themselves great would be a great confidence level, would be confidence in themselves. And I think we often don't do that. We often sit there and we focus on ourselves and we, we shy away and we don't want to interact with other people. And I said that the greatest thing that school offers 
isn't the education it's the ability and the reasoning to be able to communicate and act around people that you wouldn't normally hang around with it's the ability for that quiet kid in the school to understand what it's like being around some rude loudmouth who has no understanding for the education or system or um or laws or laws and order and at times in your life you'll have to deal with those sort of people in unique ways and it's very interesting that you can understand how to deal with those scenarios at a young age. It, it makes you a better and more rounded person. And as I was talking about how I believe that the young kids and the people who are slightly insecure and are quiet and not the loud mouse, as I was explaining this, there was a guy that started drawing on my Zoom like screen. Like he started drawing like a dick and like boobs and whatever. And um I kind of thought back at this real time. I thought I can do two things here. Like I can either just like kick him out or mute him or I can just tell him a really honest statement that I hope will change his life. And I just said, for example, as he's drawing this, I said, for example, the people that are the loud mouth of the group, people that are ones that are going to be running up and, you know, shouting at the teachers or drawing on boards or, you know, having no respect for people that are talking. I said, those people were probably the ones that lose. Those are probably the ones that don't get where they want to get. Those will be the ones that will be knocking on the doors of the quiet people in the room in 10 years time asking for a job. And as I said this, this kid turned his microphone on and said, you mean like me? In like quite a, a cocky way. To which I said, yeah, I'm literally describing you right now. And I said you all have a choice to the person you want to be in the future. You all have the ability to change your path and make yourself be the person you want to be. And it really starts right now for all of you. And I'll tell you what, I, I didn't want, I didn't do it to insult the kid. I didn't do it um, to polish an ego. I did it because I know when I was younger, if somebody had done what I just did and said that, you know, you're quiet, you're insecure, you haven't got confidence, you're going to be great if you get that right. And then had said something like that to the cocky kid of the class, I know that it had put me in a much better position and I'd probably be where I am further on. And maybe it would have unlocked the potential of many other people around me who were just waiting for that one chance and that one break. But I tell you this, what I also wanted to do is make that kid who was doing that understand that you can be great too if you just check yourself. You can be the best of your ability if you understand that what you're doing right now, no one's going to care about in the future. Like, it'd be really interesting to see, you know, the kids that I know that were the loudmouths at my school, and I know where they are now. They're maybe having great, they've maybe got a great life, but they're not where they could have been, I believe. If they could rewind, would they change who they were? If they were told at that time that they, they, the way they're acting is going to lead into where they are and they could be much greater of an individual, more rounded and more further on if they just checked themselves a few times when they were 17. And I think maybe they would have changed themselves. And I think as a society, we often don't tell people how it is. We often don't have that uncomfortable and awkward conversation with them to tell them that right now you're going to go where you don't want to go. And if you check yourself and pull yourself out of the right situation, you... You work hard and you focus on your confidence and you become a decent human being. You may have a good chance. And I'll tell you this, I didn't hear a peep from that guy for the rest of the talk. He went quiet. I hope he was making himself a better person. And I'm hoping in 10 years time, he'll come through and he'll say, thanks, Pete, for calling me out on that call. And 
there's a few things that I've noticed um, that I've been really pulling on actually in the last week, uh, two weeks maybe in this lockdown. Um, it's been, me and Brad have been working in a silo more. Um, I think that's the correct word to use. I'm not great at English, but in a silo more. What I mean by that is that the team have been doing an amazing job. Like I genuinely believe that some of the work we're doing right now is incredible. Um, and me and Brad haven't been so much a part of the day-to-day -day tasks um, because normally I would be because I'm sat next to someone who goes, Pete, what's your opinion on this? And normally I get dragged into these campaigns all the time. But I would say since this lockdown's kicked and I haven't been dragged into anything really, I've kind of let the delivery team deliver, right? Which is how it should happen. Um, and me and Brad have been building and uh, focusing on bigger tasks and bigger problems and um, make a bigger impact, I suppose, is the right word to use. And because of that, um, I feel like we've been getting a lot more done. I feel like um, my days are shorter now. I feel more alive for the day that I'm actually active. Uh, and I feel in a much more efficient and effective position and that me and Brad are just collabing like never before uh, or actually collabing like we used to when we started. Apart from now, we have much more experience and knowledge than we ever did before. And it's having a huge, huge impact. Uh, and it's, it's resulting in, in great work being done from our end as well as the team's end. And it always reminds me of the thing I've always been saying, which is, you know, let great people do great work um, and let great team members do great teamwork. And that's what we're doing at the moment is me and Brad are just teamworking, collabing, making it happen. Um, and I'm really, really impressed with where we are at the moment and where we are as a group. Um, and I think you guys are going to see a lot more of the coming kind of five to six months about the graph we've been putting in today um, during this period of time of uncertainty and challenge about how we're positioning our brand and how we're going to move forward. And, and I'm really, really excited by all this. And I think that, yes, I am annoyed by the, the government system. And yes, I am annoyed by this and the other. But I think we all really can still focus on, on becoming a better business and, and growing it. And I think that is probably one of the most important things that we can all do during this challenging time. Um, as well as all start a podcast and just try and keep yourself calm by talking to yourself like I do every single week. But yeah, uh, I don't know if you've seen it as well. Just on a side note, Elon Musk, second richest man in the world now, uh, overtook Bill Gates. Um, so it's our man Jeff, Jeff Bezos, Amazon, Elon Musk. And I think it was last episode I was talking about how you know don't bet against innovators. Innovators always win. And it's been proven with Elon Musk being the second richest man in the world. And will he be the first man to take us to Mars? I think he probably will. Um, but what a lineup, Bezos and Musk. And you'd guess, you know, you really would have guessed that the second richest man in the world would have been someone who created something on the internet. And I know PayPal was obviously his first business uh, or first main business. Um, but, you know, he, he's been all on, on cars, renewables, getting us to space, things that are big, big problems. Um, but crazy uh, that the market value of Tesla is where it is right now. Anyway, enough rambling on. Thank you so much for listening. It means a lot. Um, as you all know, this episode is actually on time. It's currently 6 o'clock on Thursday, which means it's on time, which is a complete and utter groundbreaking shock for everyone involved. Thank you so much for listening. If you've got any questions, hit me up on Instagram. I'm replying to a lot of you at the moment, and it's great fun. I really, um, really like making an impact on your businesses and, and trying to help you out for this challenging, challenging time. Uh, like I said at the start of this, I, I feel really sorry for you if you're going through a difficult time. I'm, you know, this isn't a time for great entrepreneurs to be going out of business. It's a time that we should support in great entrepreneurs in every single way we can. So if I can help in any way, or you think I can put you in touch with someone who can help you, please get in touch. I'd love to support you on your journey, no matter how difficult it could be. Uh, keep safe, keep smiling, and I'll speak to you guys next week.